When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Fight fans, it's Sean Bastow from BTR Boxing Podcast. And just before we get into the episode, as always, we want to give a quick shout-out to the sponsors for the podcast, which is Bear Attack Boxing. And you hear me talk about them in every episode. They talk about the high-quality boxing gloves that they do. But they are going to be investing into the world of the hand wraps. They're going to be looking at focus pads, all branded with the Bear Attack Boxing brand. So... As always, you need to get over and have a look at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Have a look on social media, at Attack Boxing on Twitter and Bear Attack Boxing on Instagram and Facebook. Go and check out the high-quality products that they're producing at the moment. Check out the new products as and when they arrive on the market and keep looking out for them in the Boxing News magazine because I tell you what, they're on the rise and they're going to be a big name in the world of boxing equipment. Also, don't forget to go and check us out on Podbean. Subscribe to the podcast. It's BTR Boxing Podcast. If you do a Google search, BTR Boxing Podcast, you'll find us on all the good available podcasting websites, podcasting apps. Subscribe to us. Rate the podcast, especially if you're an Apple iPhone user. You go on the podcasting app, leave a little rating on there for us, even leave us a review. All this stuff massively helps push us up to the top end of them podcast rankings for boxing because we are a truly independent boxing podcast. We have no major backers behind us to be able to provide us with that financial support or that celebrity status. We are truly independent and we're giving you the best Real opinions in boxing news today. Enjoy this episode, fight fans. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast. And this is our reaction show to the weekend's action, which featured Charlie Edwards defending his WBC flyweight title on the matchroom bill. We had the Frank Warren bill to discuss. We've also got some other topical debates to talk about on today's show, including the career of Triple G. We're also going to be talking about the announcement of Tyson Fury's opponent. This is an interesting episode to discuss. Some of the more topical debates going on this week in boxing so i'm delighted to be joined on the podcast this week by zayn musa who has his own youtube channel and he's going to talk to us about his youtube channel and what he's been doing uh, in regards to boxing and then we're going to be talking about the weekend's fights and we're going to be talking about a few of the topical things that i've just been discussing before i'm bringing zayn into the conversation so zayn 
so glad to have you on. I'm really enjoying what you're doing. Talk to me about it. Tell me how it's all started and where you are. Okay, so basically, Sean, where it was, was obviously I was really passionate about boxing. Um, I always wanted to be involved in the sport somehow. You know, as of young, um, my mum didn't want me to get into boxing, so I didn't have a chance to pursue it. But I always watched the sport of boxing, and I was a hell of a fan when I was younger, and it's grown on me during the years. So, yeah, I've kept on with it, and what I thought to myself was one day that I'm so passionate about boxing, where can I go with it, you know? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be working for the rest of my life. I want to do something I enjoy, yeah. you know? So, um, what it was, Sean, my friend, he start, He had his own YouTube channel, but he, he does music, so he suggested to me, he was like, look, Zane, you love boxing, you watch it every day, you know, you pretty much know what you're talking about, so why don't you show the world what you're talking about, and you know, show the world that what you're saying is correct. So I was like, yeah, why not? Um, so I started my own YouTube channel, which is called Zane's Every Boxing Dosage. Um, I started that about a year and a half ago. You know, um, at first, it wasn't really picking up, you know, because I didn't have no sort of like social media backing. I just had my Facebook page. Um, and literally, I just started breaking down fights from there. And um, yeah, slowly and slowly, I've been getting more attention because more of my predictions are coming right. And a lot of people are noticing the channel. So I was really happy about that. But it hasn't been easy, Sean. It hasn't been really easy. So the fact that you've uh, reached out to me and, and we, we're speaking right now is just literally an achievement for myself, you know. Uh, the fact that you've got me on this podcast, I'm really, really really thankful for that and uh, I really appreciate that you've given me this opportunity to tell the world you know so thank you Sean I really appreciate that no you know what Zane you're more than welcome and you know last week's episode uh, I know you listened to it and you know one of the comments I was making was about when I first started out and always finding it difficult to kind of determine who were the best people to speak to and you know who were the most genuine people to speak to and I've always said to myself I've always said to myself like you know look if if I can get to a point where I can give something back to somebody where, where, where from when I was starting out in the same position then you know this is great and obviously I've, I've watched your stuff and I'll give a shout out to obviously Nathan Farrell who obviously you know I've yeah. I've done a lot with uh, you know over the past couple of years since I started my channel and stuff and you know Nathan was the one that put us together really and said look you know you need to get in touch with this guy and have a chat with him and, and you know he, he does really really insightful uh, analytical style boxing commentary and I thought well you know it's perfect opportunity to get somebody on that's knows what he's talking about knows what he's talking about Nathan Nathan's a really good guy man because at the end of the day he didn't have to do that for me and the fact that I've done that you know I, I live so, so far away from him personally but we um I've been following his uh, career as well, like his brother's career. Um, the fact that he's um, reached out to me as well was amazing, you know. Um, literally, I didn't have no boxing links or no connections whatsoever. I just purely started this boxing channel for passion. And the fact that um, you can relate to what I'm saying, it's kind of uh, really really good because you know you know what, what what i'm going through um like you mentioned the fact that when you were starting out you didn't know who to trust um who can give you the right advice you know i'm going through the same similar thing so you know it's great that i've uh been introduced to you and uh, obviously i could always come to you for advice now you know um, absolutely so it's really a pleasure Sean, I wanted to know about yourself. How did you get and uh, talk me through that? No? Well, I think like a lot of the guys that obviously listen to this podcast uh, will know it, but for the, but for the ones that don't, uh, exactly the same as yourself, my friend. It was like getting something that you're so passionate about that you feel you can give an insight into and you feel you've got the knowledge behind you through all the mm-hmm. years of, of, of following the sport and, and being involved in some capacity, then I felt like, uh, you know, I've, 
I'm, I'm quite good at communicating with people and quite good at putting yeah. putting across my thoughts. So I started writing first, and you know, I really enjoyed yeah. I really enjoyed sort of telling stories about fighters and about fighters' careers, and and they were sort yeah. of my my niche. They were my niche style articles, and then from there, I was like, listen, you know what? I think I can yeah. go, I can think I can go to these gyms and interview a few of these guys. You know, I've got the confidence yeah. to do it, and I know what I think I'm going to be able to ask them. And yeah. and and that was it, and that's where it started, man. Obviously, I I was out there interviewing fighters locally, and uh, I, yeah. you know I was a bit ignorant in the fact that I didn't realise, you know, in Manchester alone there was already two other uh, YouTube channels and and promotional sort of style companies there that were already well into it and well versed within what they were doing and you know the couple of there's a couple of guys there where I was like look you know they you know pretty decent and they did get a they did give me a little bit of advice but on the same side of the coin they were also very keeping me at arm's reach as in they see me as a they see me as a potential threat as well at the same time so yeah I've noticed that yeah that's that's the hard part that's the hard part about it Zane that's 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 what I was saying last week on the episode like it's hard it's hard to determine it's hard to determine who to trust because like you know people have come to me in the past like saying oh can i have this advice from you and and whatnot and quite recently actually as quite recently as of after that episode i did on thursday on on saturday i found out a bit of information uh from 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 you know someone i know about other people who i'd given advice to and they were sort of like they've started to go you know do really well with what they're doing and then and then from from all accounts it feels like they're they're starting to you know become in their own minds big time charlies because they've had a few successes with some of the output that they've done and that's that's the type of people that i don't really like i like you know i don't really they should they should be um sort of like giving you a heads up or at least a shout out you know because you're the one that's been giving them the correct advice and if it weren't for them if it weren't for your advice then obviously they wouldn't have done certain things you know and that 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 that's that's sort of the sort of people i'm trying to avoid as well within the boxing media you know because it because it is it is quite um a thing where you don't know who to trust and i and i totally agree with you you know um yeah and another thing sean is um it wasn't easy for, for me to get my subscribers up it was it was a constant struggle because there was like literally there's there's a there's quite a few youtube channels that have been established well before me yeah so it's like i'm sort of in competition with them but at the same time what i've noticed is they're not very friendly that they, they see me as competition yep you know and uh, they, it shouldn't be like that because you know one channel may have a certain view you know and i may have a certain view but sometimes that channel isn't going to be always right and my channel may not be always right because i'm so passionate about it i believe in what i say so um you know, it's not nice that the fact that they they're hating on it. You know, um, these other channels they get they get interviews with the big fighters. You know, the fighters, the likes of Anthony Joshua, um, Dylan White, all the big names in boxing. But I don't have that. You see, but the fact that I don't have that and they're still hating on it, it kind of kind of puts me down. But at the same time, it keeps me motivated knowing that you know these these people that doing better than me they see me as a threat you know so it's boxing it's boxing media for you they're saying and and people that listen like listening to us chatting about it now there'll be a lot of people out there that you know probably don't know what goes on behind the scenes uh, when it comes to the sort of media side of it but then there'll be people that listen to it that that do know and they're thinking you know i know exactly what you're talking about and unfortunately unfortunately man the problem with with this boxing media game is like yeah okay there's about a million different youtube channels going about with people's different opinions and whatnot on there but at the at the end of the day, you see it as a as an outlet to put your thoughts out there and, and a way to put your thoughts out there in in a, in a good manner. And unfortunately, there's people that are so really well career minded that they 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 don't look at it in the same way we do. They think you know I just want to obliterate all my competition and I don't want you know and, and someone like us who just come along and ask for a bit a bit of advice and we're like you know how, how can I help myself get better. And they're basically yeah. turning around and telling you to piss off in you know in no uncertain terms. It's yeah. not it's not it's not the nicest of experiences. Yeah. Not nicest at all. 
No, it's, it's just like literally, um, I have like a few people on my Facebook that are following me and I, I've noticed that they work for a big company. You know, I, I'm not going to say no names because I don't want to give them the time of day myself because I've noticed as how they come across, you know. So like I, I've got like quite a few of my predictions, right? And, you know, um, the fact that they, they, they were saying, oh, well, that, that was an obvious prediction. Like, it's just not nice because you're like, discrediting my work you know some some predictions are harder than others you know and i've got them right as well so you know why didn't you say something on that one you know why do you have to bring it up to an easy prediction you know it's not nice because at the same time um they're doing well off than me so they shouldn't even be you know concerned about my channel you know what i mean because it's like i'm not nowhere near the level that you're at so why would you do that <laughs> Do you understand where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I can totally 100% relate to it. But I'll tell you what, let's not let's not yeah. waste any more time talking about the these these issues that we have in boxing media yeah. and what we have to deal with. Let's get on to the best stuff. That's yeah. it, let's get on to the good stuff, what we came here for, which is to talk about, obviously, the weekend's review and, and, and just give our thoughts on a few of the major fights from the weekend. And I think I wanted, to, I, think I wanted to start by saying this matchroom show at the weekend weekend is probably the best one of the year we've had in the uk so far yeah i, I agree because the, the matchroom um, shows haven't been that great you know uh recently but this one the charlie edwards one was really one that i was really impressed with you know not only that it was a good storyline behind it you know charlie edwards um coming from uh, obviously it was his mother's sort of uh diagnosis of can was it cancer yeah, yeah it was yeah. breast cancer yeah yeah, so it's really inspiring, huh? Uh, what did you think of it, Sean? Um, I was, I was, I expected the performance to go the way it did. I mean, from what I'd seen of Angel Moreno, he was, he was quite, he was quite a limited fighter, and he only came forward yeah. in straight lines. And I'd seen that before when I'd looked him up, and I thought the way Charlie boxed in his last fight against Rosales to win the title, you know, he moved constantly. He was always moving. Lateral movement was 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 key and it was key again on Saturday night and you know he just looked he looked so good he looked really good that Angel Moreno made him look like a million bucks he looked really good in there you know um, like you mentioned Angel Moreno was quite limited with regards to his competition as well but at the same time he gave it his all you know he came from Spain into hostile territory uh, and he did try to um, make the fight interesting at times but yeah he was no match for charlie edwards was he the boxing skill the jab the movement it caused him all sorts of problems i think his problem was he didn't know how to cut off the ring yeah and charlie uses that to his advice and it was really really proficient and it made him look even better you know uh with the fact that he was in there with a limited opponent what do you but, you know yeah god I was just going to say, with that win now, like with Charlie Edwards' win over the weekend with Moreno now, I was hoping that Andrew Selby would win his fight of the weekend and we could see a, a bit of a UK clash, you know, England versus Wales. But obviously with him losing yeah. his fight now, like who would you want to see Charlie Edwards fight next in the flyweight division? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not too sure, actually. Um, there's a few names floating about, but what would you suggest? I'm not really too sure. I think I think I'll to take over there. I think I wanted to see him uh, maybe fight Selby. That's probably not going to happen now. So oh, yeah, Selby, the, yeah, the, 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 the well the guy that. the guy that beat Selby. I think he. I don't know if he he, he becomes the mandatory now. I can't remember. Um, I th I'm sure I read somewhere over the weekend that if Selby would have won the fight, he would have became the mandatory. But I'm not. I don't know how true that is. And obviously, I, I stand to be corrected by people on that yeah. one. But in in terms of what I want to see. Who would I want to see him fight next? I think after the way he's he's, he's come back after that first defeat when he when he fought that Casimiro and lost earlier on, and then he's come back and built yeah. himself back up and won the title and defended it and looked really good doing it. I wouldn't mind him seeing see him yeah. fight uh, Kalyafai next. Oh yeah, that that would be a great fight, you know. Um, Kalyafai will bring another sort of test to him, but I think he's more than capable of winning that fight, you know. Um, 
But it'll be interesting because Kyle Fire brings his own sort of uh, boxing ability. But yeah, like you said, like you mentioned, uh, in the first fight against Casemiro, um, Charlie Edwards, I don't think he was ready. But now that he's won his title, I think um, it'll be a good fight against Kyle uh, Fire. Yeah. Be a good fight. Yeah, I think so. It'd be a good, uh, be a good domestic world title showdown, and obviously with Carl having the WBA flyweight title, you know, oh, oh, yeah. unification on the cards as well, the WBC WBA, and you know they could make it. They could make it like. I don't know what, if it'd sell out. I think it'd be an O2 job if it was anywhere. But, man, it'd be, mm-hmm. you know, a, a world title unification fight involving two British fighters in such a low way. I don't ever remember. I don't even think that's ever happened, to be honest. So they'd probably make history by doing that. Definitely, yeah. That, 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 that's something that's going to be a great fight if that happens, you know. Um yeah, definitely. That would be a good fight. A fight that I'm definitely looking forward to if that happens. So, what about then one that I know you did uh, some predictions for, and you was also quite vocal about it on the on social media as well. The Buatzi and Conroy fight. What did you make of it? Not interestingly, you see Joshua Brown. He's from the same area I am in, so Fort and Heath Croydon. That's where I'm, I, I live. So, you know, I've seen, not not to mention, I've seen Boatsy Spar one time. And there's a gym near uh, Croydon. I think he went to it. It's called the Victory Boxing Club. So he used to go there a few times and spar. I've noticed him. Um, I used to go there when I was younger. I didn't obviously take it up seriously due to my parents and not letting me go through it because I was young. Um, but I did see him uh, train. He used to train for the Olympics as well, and I've seen him sparring. So I knew from then when I saw him spar, I knew this kid will be something special. And the way he's so calm and relaxed, you know, it's really, really good to have, you know, that composure in the ring, you know, where he, he doesn't seem like he's bothered, you know, he doesn't seem like he's troubled by anything the opponent's bringing. And he knows how to adjust around around someone's game plan, you know. So, you know, it was really impressive, that performance, you know. The fact that um, Liam Conroy wasn't a pushover was really impressive as well, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Liam Conroy was going for this British title as well. So he was just as hungry as Boatsy. So it was no, it was, it was like, by no means an easy test for either guy. But I just think Boatsy is, is just really, really, you know, really amazing you know to see and and the fact that he's so young you know uh it's just motivational because he's from the same area but you know liam conroy he gave it all he all he could you know and um the fact that he, he got up from that knockdown i didn't expect him to get up you know um what a brave warrior you know and uh i, I did realize a lot of people did get offended by my prediction video because i've never to be honest, Sean, ever since I've made my channel, I've never had, like, four dislikes in one video. So, like, the fact that that happened, it kind of kind of made me aware that, you know, there's a lot of people that are backing Liam Conroy to actually do the job on Boatsy. Even though he was a big underdog, you know, it was really interesting to see. But the main thing was the performance, and, you know, Boatsy just showed he was levels above uh, Conway, what did you think, Sean? Well, it, you know, with all due credit to sort of Liam and, and with me interviewing Liam yeah. before... You I know, know you interviewed him, yeah. I, I've, met, I've met Liam and I spent a little bit of time with him, you know, and he's, he's a genuinely down-to-earth nice guy. And, you know, obviously I've seen him, I've seen like quite a few of his fights, you know, over the past few yeah. years. And I, I knew he could give Buatzi maybe a problem or two, but I didn't yeah. I didn't think he'd be able to, you know... I, th- I felt like he had a puncher's chance against Buatzi. I felt like I knew he could bang and I knew he could hurt people. Yeah. And if he got to Buatzi, then we'd know if Buatzi's, you know, chin uh, is made of something. Yeah. And, and he did, just before he got knocked down himself, he clobbered yeah, uh, he with, 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 with the right yeah, hand. As Buatzi sort of stepped in, he, he cracked him with a... I think it was a straight right. And then I seen yeah. Buatzi sort of like, you know, that was the first real clean shot I'd seen him taken and he took it so well and it was like that he answered the question that you know everyone asks of a fighter yeah, at this stage so you know for me Leon put on a brave performance um, and he you know he was in the fight all the way through it he wasn't 
outclassed at all. He wasn't. He wasn't overmatched at all. And like you said, there, Zane, he was also yeah. going for that chance at the British title. It wasn't just a case of he was there to make up the numbers. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. He was. Of course not. He was there to. He was there to win, and, and obviously he, he had his own game plan. And you know, perhaps he was just too good. And you know, he, I think I've heard somebody else say it. I think it might have been one of my guys, actually, one of my writers, has said over the weekend to me that. Buatsi's got to be the hottest talent in Britain at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think he's, he's a bright young prospect, you know, and I think he's got a promising future in the light heavyweight division, you know. Um, but I also reached out to Conroy, you know, after this fight because I felt a bit, you know, bad at the same time because I don't like to, you know, discredit anyone in the sport of boxing, you know, and it takes actually balls to get into the ring a lot of people don't have the balls to do that so you know I, I give every boxer his respect for doing that you know and I just felt that the need to just um, message him because um, I don't know he may have seen it, it, the video or I don't know someone of his fans or whatever they may have seen the prediction video and obviously I did predict Joshua Boatsy to knock him out and I was and I was quite confident in that happening so I felt kind of bad at the same time so I did reach Shout to Liam Conroy and what a, what a great man he is. He, he replied back to me. You know, a lot a lot of people wouldn't reply back to me if I if I said that about them in a prediction video. They'd probably think, ah, oh, he's just a hater. But it's not even that. I just have to give the correct predictions. No, so yeah, the fact that um, Liam um, sort of reached out back to me and that was, that was really you know that took that took a lot of pride for him to do that. And he will be British champion soon. You know, I believe in Liam, you know, and the fact that he came out and reached out to me shows me that he's got a lot of respect for the fans and what they think. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, with with boxing, uh, you, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go swimming, you, you're gonna get wet. It's as simple as that, and it's the same in in any industry, in any sport. You're putting yourself out there on a pedestal to to be judged by different people from different walks of life and you give a prediction which you felt was going to be right and I gave the same prediction I felt Boatsy was going to be too much for him and, and it was and, that, and that's just kind of how you see it and base it on what you see so you can only give yeah. your opinion based on what you see and what you know of the fighters and fair play you know Boatsy moves on and we get to see him now hopefully in some in some great domestic fights going forward and, and before they hopefully move him up a level you know in the next 12 months uh, Lawrence Coli was another, obviously, former amateur star on there as well, and, and, and he's been getting yeah. a lot of criticism over the past 12 months about some of his performances, but what, yeah, did, you, what did you make of his win over Camacho then on the weekend? Do you think it was better than what we've seen, or do you still think he's a little bit sloppy and messy with the way he fights? Um, I, to be honest, in this performance, I think he was still a bit... Uh, sloppy at the same time I just think the fact that um, he's learning on the job as well like, like he doesn't have a big amateur background as well so it's like he's sort of learning on the job and what I realised about um, Lawrence Okoli was when he first started he just wanted to get the knockout and I think that sort of caught up with him you know as he's, as his opponents have gone better and better so he's trying to learn how to box and you know it's not easy at the same time you know uh, especially when you don't have the amateur background behind you, you know. Um, you know, it's a work in progress, you know, but he did what he was supposed to do, you know. Uh, Wadi Camacho was way past it, so I just feel that, you know, this was a easy fight for him, you know. Um, I don't know, what did you think? What did you make of yeah, I thought um, I thought Akolai's performance was slightly better than what I've seen before. Uh, there were parts of it where I felt like this is the sort of Akolai what I've seen in the first few fights. But then again, in the yeah. same sense, I said it on I said it on the episode for the weekend. I said it in the preview. I said the thing is with Akolai is his style. He can look messy. It can look you know not great on the eye to watch it, but it's effective and it gets the job done. And I. I Again, I'll go back to what I said on Thursday when I did the episode. You know, Bernard, Bernard Hopkins, man. You know, look at what he did in his, his career. The man will go down as a as a legend, as a Hall of Famer for what he did. Yeah. And he wasn't always the greatest fighter to watch. To watch, yeah. So no, you're right. I, I agree with you, definitely. But you know, um, Akoli, um 
Uh, that fight against Mike Austin, that was a stinker, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I, 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 I watched that fight. I, to be honest, I had a bet on Akoli to win. And, like, I was worried at the time because, you know, he just kept uh, clinching Mike Austin. And I think what, what it is, is if he realizes there's a puncher that could punch him and they could probably hurt him, he probably gets too, uh, too safe-ridden and... It, and he starts clinching a lot, and that's what stinks out the place. That's what the fans don't want to see. So um, I hope we don't see any of that again. You know? <laughs> that's that's well. That's what makes him effective, though. I mean, I don't like it personally. I don't like to watch that. But if yeah. it, if it means if he's fighting a mean, if he's fighting a power puncher, right? Let's think about if he fights Lebedev. If he ends up fighting Lebedev, uh, that step up that they're talking yeah. about, he's gonna yeah, have to, he, yeah. yeah, he's gonna have to stay. He's gonna have to stay close. So if he can, if Lebedev tries to get on the inside, he's gonna. Mm-hmm. You know what's gonna happen? He's gonna throw a punch, a jab, or, or some sort of random punch that he throws, and he's just gonna get in the clinch with him so that he smothers all of. Lebedev's work, and that's that's what he, work, that, that, that's what he's doing effectively, and it looks terrible. But again, Hopkins made a career out of it. Vladimir Klitschko made a career out of it as well. So these are guys yeah, that right. these are guys that we speak of so highly. At the end of the day, it's all about getting the win, and if that's what he needs to do to get the win, then so be it. You know, at the end of the day, his record is what he's trying to protect, and you know we've got to see that as fans as well because sometimes the fans can be a bit too overcritical you know um, what I noticed in that Camacho fight it was slightly turning into one of them sort of fights you know the first couple rounds yeah. because we noticed that it was kind of a clinching fest I also noticed um, Isaac Chamberlain um, making a funny uh, face at it you know he had a pillow or something <laughs> yeah, yeah I noticed that in the, in the crowd you know so it, was, it, was, it was just funny just to see that yeah, no, it was. But, but yeah, what do you think about that matchup? Do you think he's ready for Lebedev at the moment? Yeah, I know Lebedev is sort of going on the decline at the end of his career at the moment. But, think, you know, what do you think? Do you think he's still got enough to give Akoli a good fight? I think he's got enough to give Akoli a good fight and potentially beat him if he, if he has the right game plan going into that fight. However, mm. I think... As as raw as a Coley still is after a, the amount of fights he's had, I still think mm-hmm. that he, he has enough and he has the physical advantages over physical over Lebedev. Yeah. I think he's got that physical advantage over Lebedev, and I think, like I was just saying there, I think he could go in there and have a twelve round fight with Lebedev and just hit hit and hold for twelve rounds yeah. and win and win the fight, yeah. or or it yeah. could open him up and knock him out, and we could think, bloody hell, yeah, this is this is the Akoli we want to see. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Um, that, that's something that I'm interested in seeing, though. I really want to see that fight. You know, they're talking about it now, and uh, I really hope it does get uh, made. You know, I think because what it is is. I think if he if if Akolai was to like sort of take these fights early on on his career, it will make him a better fighter, you know, down the line. Yeah, I agree. You know? um, so yeah, no, I agree definitely. Um, I, I definitely think it was a good performance though from Akolai and Wadi Camacho. I just think he should he should hang it up now. You know, um, I, I wasn't impressed with his performance. He, he looked a shell of himself. Yeah, I agree. Again, with that one, I was saying the other day that um, you know he, he he's like a bad smell in the sense that he comes he comes up to that level, gets beaten. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. He gets <laughs> he gets beaten soundly, yeah. like he did on on Saturday, and then drops back down to a, a lower level domestically. And you yeah. know he's, he's he outshines the guys that are at that lower level, but then comes yeah. back up and gets gets beaten by a, you know an Akolai. So yeah, man, I agree. I I, I do, and Johnny. Nelson was saying it in the in the post fight interviews and stuff that, 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 that he should just hang him up now. You know, it's called it a day. He's, he's achieved a lot for what he can do yeah. in the sport. Get out of there where you can now. You know, and and go and go and enjoy your life, kind of thing. And I agree on that. Um, I wanted to find yeah. out off you uh, what your thoughts were on Lewis Ritson's performance. Ritson, yeah, I was kind of. Um he looks quite one-dimensional, to be honest. Um, I think the Argentinian guy was doing well not to get knocked out because 
I think the physicality of Ritson was definitely in his advantage. And I could see that the Argentinian guy was always on the back foot, you know. Um, but I wasn't really, overall, I wasn't really impressed with Ritson, I, I must say. You know, he seems like he doesn't know how to cut off the ring that effectively. That's my opinion. But what did you think, Sean? Well, after seeing him lose to Patera in his European title bid, oh, yeah. and... as well. And then, obviously, he goes into this fight. It's made me feel like now that aura of invincibility has gone, you know, now that he's not just knocking people out for fun, now that people are actually staying in there with him and taking him the distance in fights, for me, now it's making me feel and look at him as in a guy that has has only sort of got limited factors to his his game. And you said it before that he he looked a little one-dimensional, and that was exactly what I was saying. To, to to one of my guys on Saturday, you know, they was asking me the same question. What do you think about Ritson? You know, he's not looking yeah. good here. My thoughts were he's looking a little one-dimensional, as in like they haven't got any other plan other than to try and blast through their opponents. Yeah, definitely, I think as a lower opposition at the first like sort of part of your career, you can you can do that with them sort of uh, opponents, but. Once you step up in class, it takes much more than just, you know, uh, power and, you know, just knocking the guys out because you'll you realise that they have better boxing ability, better IQ, and they'll eventually outbox you. And that's why I think he lost to uh, Patera because Patera was a good boxer and uh, he couldn't deal with it. Like you said, he doesn't have no sort of other game plan. You know, yeah, well, I mean, think about Ritson because at one point he looked really good. You know, um, yeah, it's kind of sad at the same time when you see a, a fighter that's looking really promising and you know has a good future lose to someone that's really unknown and uh, you know it's a shame. You know, well, he got he obviously he got the victory in this fight <laughs> on the cards. But it was very, very close, and I. Oh, only... Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you, what did you think of the cars? I, I thought they were quite Shock. well off, you know. Shock! To be honest with you, they were quite bad. Like, I mean, this is just my my me saying what I think on it. I think they were quite poor. I thought it was, you know, it could have been scored one round either way or even a draw. Oh. But for it to be scored a, a few rounds more to Ritz, and I was a bit like, whoa, hang on a minute, this is. Uh, I don't know what fight they were watching there, but it wasn't. It wasn't as wide as that. It was really, really close for me, and I, I think there was an argu- there was an argument for a draw in there. I think. Yeah, no, definitely, because um, where I was watching at home, I, I even had it a closer fight. I thought it was maybe written by one or two rounds, you know, I didn't have it that that wide, you know, that the judges had. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting these sort of decisions nowadays, and it's really, like, off-putting sometimes, you know, because you don't expect it, but when they do come out, you're just like, wow, you know, yeah. how, how are they scoring the fight like that? Like, there's a few fights that have been like that as well you know um, just to mention off the top of my head what I can remember is like the Canelo vs Golovkin fight which was a draw I just I couldn't believe that was a draw you know the first fight yeah no I know what you mean it's, it's, it's something that's always bugged me in boxing uh, definitely something for a, a, another time to discuss because it's one of them topics we could sit here all night and, and bitch about and talk about um, did you did you catch any of the Frank Warren card then have you managed to catch up with any of the fights on there well, um, no, I don't think I did. Um, well, well, who were who was fighting? So we had uh, Sam Bowen beat Jordy McCorey uh, with a ninth round stoppage to defend his British title, and then we what? had there was a life and death fight, which I know a lot of people who didn't watch the Matchroom show would have been watching Frank Warren's card uh, Sam Maxwell yeah. Sam Maxwell overcame a early knockdown to produce a stunning 11th round KO which was uh, I've, I've managed to catch that because I was watching the Matchroom card mainly and I caught up with Frank yeah. Warren's show uh, on, on Sunday yesterday and that fight man oh man if you've not obviously you know you've not watched it so go go back and watch it go and watch it because it was it was uh, a real good fight a real good fight to watch 
Yeah, I can't, I can't remember who he fought. I can't remember the guy's name, but at one point, at one point, I was going to f- ask you. Um, go yeah, go on, carry on. Sorry, Sean. No, no, go on, fire away. I was just going to ask you. Um, there was another fight. Do you know what it was? I was what I was too busy in watching the other fight, which was um Kubrat Pulev versus um what's the guy's name? Oh, Bogdandinu. Oh, Bogdandinu. Yeah, that that was an interesting fight. I, at first, I just thought you know it's not going to be worth me watching, you know, but I actually tuned in and it was really entertaining, you know. Uh Pulev obviously he still he still pretty much got it a little bit, you know. Uh even though he's a bit old now, in his late thirties, I think he's touching forty soon. So um the fact that he he was losing the fight, he's actually losing the fight. You know, Bogdan Dini was outboxing him, uh, you know, uh, getting first towards the jab. You know, um better better sort of uh punches put in together from Bogdan Dini but you know, what let him down was his conditioning and the conditioning, you know, uh Kubrat Pulev used the old school tactic where he let you know, Bogdan Dini get off his best shots and he just weathered the storm. But you know he found in there. But then once um Bogdan Dini gaffed out, it was all over from there. You know, um that's when Kubrat Pulev got his second wind and, you know, managed to, you know, get him out of there because of Bogdan Dini's strength and conditioning as I mentioned. Yeah. But yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, I caught I caught the highlights of it. I didn't watch the full fight, but from what I see, yeah. um Pulev, I, I, I put a post out about it actually on Sunday morning and I was asking people to sort of say to me you know, where would you sort of rank him now in the top 10 heavyweights in the world, even though he's, you know, he's an ageing heavyweight fighter, he still looks like he could mix it with at least the top top yeah, six guys. Uh, what did you think of his performance against Huey Fury? I, I, I was I was impressed by that, you know? Well, I I, I was impressed by it. I felt like uh, I felt like Huey, Huey Fury didn't have, a, a, again, a plan B for that fight, and I know a lot of people were saying, oh, well, he got a bad cut earlier on, and I mean, I've not been in there with a bad cut ever before I've never had that happen to, to myself but you know it, I, even even still surely there must have been a way to sort of an ad- adapt to a fight where that happens I, I can't again it's hard to speak for for, Peter, for, for somebody who's who, who's had that situation happen to them and you know you don't really know until you've been there and done it yourself with, with that type of a situation but I always I've always felt like there's a way to sort of adapt to certain situations uh, in the ring and you've seen people do it before you've seen people do it with dislocated shoulders and dislocated elbows and and whatnot so I, I don't know why not yeah you don't know but yeah it's always interesting to see that because some people they have horrific injuries and some people they just quit you know so to answer your question Zane uh, about Pulev about what I felt about him in Fury's fight to answer that he, I felt he, he looked alright to be fair and he looks like he when he paces himself you know he, he, he can be a, a long distance fighter and I think he's shown that again yeah. against Dinu uh, with that victory and you know in terms of yeah. p- putting him in there with the top, top six guys I think he could certainly pace himself with any of the, the top three heavyweights in the world I just I don't, I don't think I don't think he could beat any of them though I don't think he could beat Joshua uh, I don't think he could beat Wilder or Fury no I don't I, don't, I think you're right Sean you know what it is I think he's just past his prime but I think he can definitely beat some opponents, but not like the main upper echelon of the heavyweight division, like you mentioned, likes of Wilder, Fury. I think they'll just be too explosive for him, you know, and uh, they'll just catch him off guard, you know. What, what and about, it only takes one punch in heavyweight. So. What, what about Dillian White and Pulev? That'll be interesting because, you know, I think that the fact that Pulev has got boxing skill, um, be interesting to see how uh, Dillian White will deal with that because he's sort of a sort of boxing sort of heavyweight as well, you know. He doesn't always look for the knockout. He rather, you know, boxes way sometimes, you know. And if he can get you hurt, he'll get you out of there, though. Um, I think I think he'll give uh, Dylan White a good fight, but obviously I'd still slightly favour Dylan due to youth and the uh, physical advantages he's got over Pula. But Pulev is a pushover, you know. Um, like I mentioned, I, I, I didn't expect him to get past Yuri Fury, you know. I thought it would be a close fight, a close fight, but I thought originally before the fight, this was one of the predictions where I was wrong, where I thought, you know, Huey Fury just may edge him out, you know. But um, yeah, he proved me wrong. So I was I was a bit surprised by that. N- none to say the least, that'll be a good fight though. 
don't know what um, if you yeah, if they can make it happen. Yeah, it's definitely if they can make it happen. Well, um, obviously, because we didn't, you didn't watch the Frank Warren card. There's no part of really fully trying to discuss that, and and people know the results, and people obviously know what happened uh, in that. And yeah. it, to be honest with you, like I said earlier, I felt the matching card was the best matching one they've done of the year. Frank Warren's card was all right. We we you know Nathan Gorman uh, beat Kevin Johnson, who came in very last minute yeah. to. To, to, to step in there so he gets another sort of win on his on his belt and other than yeah. the ones that I've already mentioned there, there weren't anything else really that sort of stood out to me so it kind of leads us on to, to sort of the, the, the back end of the episode really and we said before we came on the air you know what do we want to talk about what what are the topical things we want to discuss today and there's a couple of subjects and um, one, one of them being Tyson Fury's next opponent and the other being Triple G and his career so you said you wanted to talk about Triple G's career uh, what aspects of it are we looking at I mean are we talking about where he is now and where he's going to go with this new deal he's got yeah well basically yeah that's what it was um, this new deal he's got you know, with the zone, um, you know, I think it's a good deal for him. You know, but also there's a part of me that feels sorry for him because of the way his career's gone. Because I was looking into it, Sean, the other day, and um, I realised he's been getting ripped off a lot by his promoter um, before he was with the zone, and they were they were taking a lot of financial equity from him without him actually even knowing. But yeah, you know, so yeah, so he did actually sue them. So. Um, He's going through that at the moment, but the fact that he's got the disowned deal, I think it's really, uh, really good for him because that's what originally he should have got in the beginning, you know. Because um, obviously he was a fighter that faced a lot of guys and he was knocking them out. For for a guy that's been doing that for a long time, you know, you'd expect him to be somewhere at the top of the sport, but he wasn't given that opportunity, you know. And I kind of feel sorry for him because of the way his career has gone. Not only that, I did I did think in the Canelo Canelo rematches, the first and second fight, he did well, you know, and he was very unlucky in the first fight not to get the win from uh, Canelo. Because I am a a huge Canelo fan, you know. Um, He was like one of my favorite fighters that got me into boxing. I watched his career since he was about 15 years old. And to see him, you know, get to this stage is really impressive. But like I mentioned, Golovkin, you know, um, I kind of felt sorry for him. You know, uh, he's getting older now as well. And I just wanted your thoughts to see how you'd think he'll do in the trilogy against Canelo. Would you want to see that, you know? I think I think um, first of all, talking about the deal, uh, I, I am happy for him that he's got this kind of a deal. I, I, I just wish it would have come a few years earlier for him because obviously now we know that he isn't getting any younger. I think he's about thirty-five, maybe even thirty-six yeah, now. And you know, I, I think it's I think is it a six-fight deal he signed with his own. Yeah. So six six fights. So I mean, that's an average of what at least two two a year maybe even three but I think he'll only be two at maximum so we're talking about him getting back in the ring um, I think in a tune up sort of fight soon and then yeah. maybe going for that Canelo rematch if obviously he beats Canelo beats Jacobs in May so would I want to yeah. see it again uh, yes I think I would because I think I'd, I'd want to see it sooner rather than later though I think I'd want to see it by the end of this year because if we get into 2020 and they, they start talking about making a third fight then personally I'd you know everyone's gonna more favour Canelo even even more yeah. in 2020 because Golovkin's a year older and I know the guy lives a clean life outside of the ring and looks after himself but you know you can, it's something that none of us can run away from and that's kind of father time you know we are gonna get older yeah. at some point so it doesn't matter like you can probably train as much as you want but naturally your body's gonna decline with age anyway so Unfortunately, I don't. I wouldn't want to see it next year. I'd be a bit more pessimistic about it. But if it was to happen at the yeah. back end, if it was to happen in September this year, you know, I'd probably say absolutely, hundred percent, because I feel like Golovkin will still be in with a good shout to be able to maybe get some sort of redemption against Canelo. And Definitely. I mean, I don't know if you've heard my thoughts on Canelo. I've, I've not been. I've kind of gone off him since the whole Kalembutrol scandal. To be honest. Oh and yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, I, I did. Oh, I was I was a bit, you know, disappointed, you know. Um 
the fact that he got, got um, caught for taking Clambutero, um, yeah, it kind of disappointed me, you know. I did make a video about it as well, and I just put it all out there that I was so disappointed because everyone I, I work with at my workplace, we, we work in our office, and they all know I'm a huge Canelo fan. So I was getting so much hatred for it. They were like, oh, what did your fighter do? And I was just like, yeah, I know. I, I just had to take the backlash, to be honest. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, sort of respect cheaters in this sport. So, at the same time, I lost a lot of respect for Canelo, you know. Um, yeah, there's not much more I can say on that. I was really, really shocked about it as well. You know, I was really disappointed at the same time, man. But that's that's what I think about Triple G's career. I mean, I'd like to see him obviously get back in the ring, and then I'd like to see the Canelo fight this year. If it doesn't happen this year, uh, I, you know, I'd you know, in terms of doing what you do with the prediction videos, if I was doing a prediction video for that fight this year, I'd give him more of a chance this year than I would next. Like I've said, because of what I've explained, why I think. What did you? What did you? Um, one interesting thing I wanted to know was your thoughts on the first and second fight. Did you actually have Golovkin winning any of those two fights? Yeah, I uh, I thought I thought he won the first one for sure. Um, I, I I was I was quite adamant that he that he won the first one uh, only slightly, only by like a round or two. But I felt like he'd mm. done enough in the first one. <clears throat> the second one, I, I found it difficult to, to to give to him, but I definitely could see an argument for another close fight and and and, and obviously a, a reasoning for a third one for sure. But I think the first one, yeah. I, I, I first one, I was like, yeah, absolutely, he won that fight, definitely yeah, by a couple I, of rounds. The first one, I definitely, I thought you won the fight as well. And I don't know how that was a draw. Because as a Canelo fan, like, I don't like to be biased, you know. I like to keep my predictions and my favorability neutral, you know. Especially when it's a fight with Canelo, you know. So I, I scored it and I thought Golovkin won by, by two rounds, you know. 115 to 113. I totally agree with your your uh, analysis of the first round. First, yeah. first fight, I mean. Yeah, the, sec- the second one though, like you're asking a question about the second one and I felt like it was a very close fight but I, I could see why it kind of nodded into sort of Canelo's favour I felt like he probably just out-hustled him a little bit in that one just just, just slightly and, then, and it gives a good enough reason to go for a third one I think really and um, I'd, I'd, I'd be happily happily you know go for it this year if it was going to happen but like I said you know and I'll repeat what I'm saying again because I just feel after this year onwards I don't think it would be as much of a fair matchup as it was once was and it's like Mayweather and Pacquiao fighting again it's just pointless you know what's the point of doing it again when you're, yeah. when you're both 40 41 year old it's, 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 it doesn't really it doesn't really wet my appetite yeah um, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, it was so, sorry, was there something else? I was interrupting you there. Was there something else you wanted yeah, to add no, to that? It was, um, I was just going to say, um, like, like you mentioned, if it doesn't happen this year, then um, there's not much interest. And I totally agree. Because like you said, uh, Father Time will definitely catch up on you. And it's been known in this sport that things like this happen. And what we've seen in recent years, you know, Golovkin has been taking more punishment from that Jacobs fight through to the Canelo fight and then another Canelo fight, you know. Uh, Every time I've seen him get in the ring since that Canelo and Jacobs fight, he's been getting hit more often, you know. I don't want to see a bad ending, to be honest. So that's why I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's best to do it this year. If anything, next year we'll will possibly be calling for father time, you know? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So we wanted to talk about Tyson Fury's opponent, then um, Mr. Tom, is it Tom, Tom Schwartz? Is it 24-0? Yeah. He's not really, he, he's undefeated, you know, um, I've got to give him that. He's put. He's beaten everyone that they've put in front of him. But if you go through the sort of opponents he's been facing, they're really not known and they're not in the sort of top 20 heavyweights, you know. So it's kind of, uh, at the same time, disheartening that Tyson Fury is facing someone with the likes of that sort of resume. But at the same time, you know, we've got to understand Tyson Fury has come off like, a long layoff and for him to fight Deontay Wilder after just two fights, you know, it's really impressive, um, if, in my opinion, you know, uh, what what's your opinion on that? I've I got to be honest, Zane, I'm pretty disappointed with 
the the drop in level of opponent because you said it there and you've nailed it on the head that Tom Schwartz, although an under, he's an undefeated fighter, resume wise, he's yeah. not for anybody of nowhere. We can sit there and say, well, that's a justifiable reason for Tyson Fury to drop down yeah. a level to fight this guy. I mean. Not being funny, mm. but if you're going to drop down a level to fight anybody, you want to start looking at like your your Dillian Whites, and you want to start looking yeah. at your um, uh, your Kun- Kun- what's his name now, Knuaki, Adam Knuaki, the Polish fella. Okay. Um, yeah. You don't, you know, these are the types of sort of fighters where yeah. they're on the fringe of pushing to that sort of top end of of the heavyweight yeah. rankings. Yeah. But definitely, I, no, I do agree with that. Um, I- like I said, I don't really know why he's gone and faced the likes of Tom Schwartz, you know. None of, well, not a lot of people have heard of him, you know. Um, and the only notable fights on YouTube which I've seen of Tom Schwartz was a guy called uh, Sanad Gashi, which uh, is facing uh, Derek Chisora on April the 20th. And in that fight, he didn't look great as well. Um, he won because of a disqualification, but, you know, um, he didn't look impressive in that fight either. So, yeah, I do kind of agree with where you're coming from and, and the backlash that people are going to feel who should have faced a better opponent. Like you said, the likes of Dinner White and Konaki would have been acceptable in the public size, and the majority of people probably don't like this fight. You know? I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I could find anyone that does like this fight. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think we'll I think we will struggle, I think we will struggle to find somebody who can honestly sit there and actually I'd love to get them on the podcast to sit here and them explain and them explain to us why this is a, a justifiable fight and and I know yeah. I know what he achieved. I am not a hater of Tyson Fury. I love what he's done for the sport and how he's changed his public persona. Everybody loves the guy. For for what he's achieved yeah. and and the way he came back from mental health issues, and I'm one of them. I love the fact that he's done that and the way he went life and death with Wilder and and really should have should have got the nod in in that Definitely. fight. But on the same sense, why why come back, do all that, get to that level, and then just drop a level <laughs> to face a guy that nobody's even heard of? That's true. That is so true. Um... Uh, only only Tyson would know. But like you said, he said, they're probably going to say, you know, my promoter and use that issue, use that excuse. But at the same time, you know, Fury, um, he's done a lot for the sport. But yeah, this is not justifiable, man. I don't know why he's done it, to be honest. I mean, is there any sort of conclusion that you can come to which you may have uh, which may prompt him to fight him? Um, um, well, they're uh-huh. saying they're saying that it's so he can uh, again b- build his brand even bigger in America. I mean, they, what they're saying is they want to capitalize on the exposure they got from the first Wilder fight, uh, build a bigger mm. profile so that they can go back in again with Wilder later on down the line, and it be even an even bigger fight. But I mean, I can understand from a from a money trip perspective why they would want to try and do that and you've got to remember and this point's been made before on a few other podcasts as well uh, that he's took a deal he's took a deal here which has given him 80 million pounds 80 million dollars whatever figure it's in and technically he doesn't have to fight any of the big fighters he could fight five tom schwartz's and still make 80 million dollars i'm still my 80 million yeah you're right 80 million compared to other deals that other boxers are getting isn't really that much, is it? So, yeah, you're right. You could go in there and possibly do a stinker and fight, like, five Tom, Tom Shorts. <laughs> I hope not. I really, I really hope not, honestly, because it'll just be a very big disappointment. I don't think he will. I personally don't, I don't think, think he will. I think he will, yeah. But it's, it's it's just not the news what people wanted to hear. And uh, someone made a point on Twitter the other day is when you see a, a fight poster go out and there's only one of the fighters on that fight poster, you know it's going to be a shit fight. And I've never that's actually so that's so true. It's so true. Yeah, that's so true, man. Um, like I said, I'm not I'm not really looking forward to this fight. But you know, because uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury aren't getting it on. Uh, Deontay Wilder's now gone after. Dominic Brazil so you know if they are going to meet up they're going to probably meet up hopefully soon man yeah no, what do I... you think of that fight against uh, Brazil and Wilder well I, I I feel a bit disappointed that it's not Wilder and White because I feel White's done enough to, to earn and justify his shot 
and I think he's definitely done a little bit more than what Brazil's done for sure. And yeah. the fight itself for Wilder is is you got to think about it in this perspective. We've just been talking about Tyson Fury's fight with Tom Schwartz. This mm-hmm. fight for Wilder in Brazil, there's no other better fight really. Wilder could have took at this time. The fact that he's not getting Fury, who else could he have yeah. fought? I mean, obviously for whatever reason, why it's not happening. So there was no real, no one else really with a name with a position yeah. that he could have got in the ring with. And I think the Brazil fight will be a, a, a good fight as long as it lasts. And I think I think I've said this before that you know Wilder will beat him. Wilder will grind him down over the course of a few rounds. I think and yeah. and and then they'll move on. But it, it's just disappointing. But it could be worse. It could have been Wilder against an unknown fighter like Tyson Fury's got. So fair play. At least yeah. he's, at least he's trying to fight somebody with a name with a reputation in America that that's hopefully going to continue to build his brand for a big fight with a Joshua or a Fury too yeah definitely I agree on you that um, that was the best fight you could possibly make um, I know they have had a bit of history as well in the past so it kind of lives up to the hype of the fight you know uh, but yeah I do agree with you I do think Deontay Wilder is going to take Brazil out you know um but, you know, Anthony Joshua, now that we've touched up on the heavyweight division, um, what do you think of Anthony Joshua facing uh, Big Baby Miller in his debut in America? Again, it's not that it's not the fight I wanted to see for Anthony Joshua. However, with everyone else being tied up, who else could he have got in the ring with? That's, that's the question you've got to ask yourself is, who else could he have got in the ring with, given the fact that the the White, White had kind of priced himself out of the fight from their perspective, and Fury was, Fury was potentially tied up with Wilder. So, looking down the list of heavyweights at the moment, the only other person, the only other person you probably could get in the ring with is Miller, even though Miller's not really done anything to justify his, yeah. his shot at the two world titles. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I guess you're right because there's not many other other heavyweights that are credible except for Gerald Miller at this point. Um, but the fact that uh, AJ was saying that he wasn't going to go to America, but now he's actually going, is actually a good uh, step in the right direction, in my opinion. What do you think of that? It, it, they've got to build his brand over there, haven't they? It's as simple as that, really. As much as you know, we love to keep him over here in the UK and at Wembley Stadium, he's got to build his brand in America because he's got to fight over there. You know, to be recognised as a worldwide megastar to, you know, to make these big fights. Again, mm-hmm. I'll refer back to the uh, the commentary that was in America when he turned up at a basketball game and they called him Anthony Johnson and not Anthony Joshua. And that, <laughs> that just that just yeah, says, that so says it all. Really known, That's it. So <laughs> at the end of the day, Anthony Joshua's not just a fighter anymore. He's a brand as well. He's a brand, and, and obviously we, we know ourselves trying to build brands that it's all about building the brand and it's all about getting. That awareness out there and, and and that's what they're trying to do um but i'm i'm just conscious of, of of a bit of time today we've just gone over an hour today so zane uh, before yeah. we before we finish this this episode of our little review and our little chats i wanted to let you yeah. give the opportunity one more time just to let the listeners know where they can find your youtube channel to subscribe to and follow your boxing predictions and your thoughts on boxing news and roundups yeah just before i mentioned that um I'd like to say I really appreciate that you took in your time out today and uh, put me on the podcast, you know. It's really appreciated by me, you know, because uh, it's not been easy, I must say, to get myself out there with regards to my channel. Um, I just really wanted to see, to see and show people that I'm really passionate about boxing. Uh, I just wanted to see that passion through uh, every sort of boxing fan and across the world. So, yeah, I'm really appreciated that you've taken your time out and let me be up on the podcast and you know i'm really thankful for you for doing that no i tell you what it's been it's been a pleasure having you on it's been a pleasure having a fresh insight into uh the boxing from the weekend and a few of the other topical stuff we've been discussing but yeah no please give give people the opportunity to follow you now where can they find you yeah, um, you can find me on YouTube uh, at Zane's Heavy Boxing Dosage. But just to sort shorten that down, if you do a hashtag ZHBD, uh, you should find me on there. Um, I'll be I'll be always breaking down these uh, fights and predictions. So it's like a genuinely thing that where anyone that's not even a boxing fan can 
can look into, you know. Um, it's appealing for everyone, to be honest, because there's a lot of people out there that like to put uh, their money on certain fighters. And if you can, can click on my channel, you'd see a big breakdown of all the fights and predictions. Uh, this will help you in your bets or whatever you do. Uh, but not only that, most of it is that I'm due to be so passionate about it. And uh, I'm really, really a huge fan of boxing since I was young. So just like many of us out there that are into boxing, it's just another perspective on the, the boxing world and the upcoming fight. But yeah, uh, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's, it's not. It's not uh, been easy. But you know, I'm working towards my passion, and I will never give up. You know. Um, but thank you, Sean. Uh, really appreciate that. No, you're welcome. And like I say, it's been a pleasure to to have you on. So, guys that are listening to this episode, please go and find Zane on his channel, uh, Zane's Heavy Boxing Dosage. Please go and find him. Give him a subscribe. Uh, make sure you follow him. You know, see what he's up to. And obviously, for us guys, for the guys that are listening to the podcast, if you're a new listener, go and find us on all the available podcasting apps. BTR Boxing Pod. Find us on Twitter at. BTR btr boxing pod and facebook btr boxing podcast i hope you've enjoyed this episode with zayn musa from uh is it zhbd i keep forgetting the hashtag hashtag zhbd yes hashtag zhbd guys go and find him on there go and subscribe support him support his journey thanks for listening guys see you next time Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.